Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Howdy, all. Uh, Eck will be with us shortly. Uh, we're not going to waste a lot of time on this, but uh, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors on the NBA championship. Uh, I was one of those people, Russ, who wanted to see a 16-0 and sweep. And I, I, I'm not the biggest LeBron fan. I mean, he's a great, he's a great player. No taking away from that, but I just there's something about him, especially after he won his championship in Cleveland. He got a little obnoxious this year, yeah. and I didn't like that. Um, but I don't think there's a precedent for this in at least in the last 50 years since the original six, where you could conceivably have two teams like Golden State and Cleveland continuing to face each other in the uh, in the final for maybe another two or three years because they're just so much better than other teams. Yeah, I, I, I mean, look, I'm not a LeBron hater either. I actually think he's got a lot of redeeming qualities. I like the way he stands up for people and stands up for causes. He does some things that Michael Jordan never had the guts to do, to be honest, because he was afraid of losing endorsements. Right. All that said, I haven't had much interest in this series I haven't watched a minute of it. I've, I've watched other ones in the past, but I really didn't think Cleveland had a chance. And based on that, I didn't watch. I mean, that was now. Did I want to see the the sweep? It didn't matter to me. Yeah. It just because it did. It just was a mismatch from the start. I give LeBron full credit that they came back and won a game, but he had to spend so much energy to win that one game that you knew they were never going to win another game. And that's with the best player in the world. So, what does that tell you? It's just. I don't like it. I, I don't like the fact that, again, if you took Evgeny Malkin and he called up a few of his Russian friends, Ovechkin or whatever, and they all said, we're going to join the Las Vegas team tomorrow, you know, I guess that would be the equivalent. And we don't see that in the NHL for good reason. Because, again, these guys usually try and battle through and win it themselves. Now, there are players that get traded to winning teams like Ray Bork and whatever, and I'm not a huge fan of that, but if it's at the end of a career, I get it. I do. And for Bork, it was he gave his whole life to the Boston Bruins. So I get it. But for this, Kevin Durant in the prime of his career, easy win, bro. That's all I got. I See, I uh, I don't blame Durant for, you know, like he was in Seattle, then Oklahoma City, couldn't win, couldn't get over. He had two, he, it was him and Westbrook. And, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not a big basketball fan, but, um, when he decided to, you know, join the enemy, so to speak, and go to, and go to Golden State, I have no problem with it because Golden State manipulated their cap well enough that they could afford a player like Durant. Uh, he's not on any kind of like. But he uh, didn't come in at market value. Let, I mean, whatever. It's the whole right. thing. Right. It was all nicely done so they could win a championship. They won a championship. I, I don't think they earned their championship the same way the Penguins did. I'll say that. And now the and now you'll have Cleveland counter this summer by probably going out and trading for Carmelo Anthony or somebody like right. that. And right. the, the the it's it's like it's like the well, Soviet two teams in the league. Great. Yeah. Yeah. But, and maybe but hey, I got other news. Some what? hockey related news. So a lot of people have been asking since we've done our our draft show on Hockey Prospect Radio, which will still play 
up until the draft. I don't have dates and times. You have to check and look on TSN and check with Sirius's schedule when they put it up. I think Sirius is going to start playing it again on Friday. TSN, I'm not sure. Maybe they're going to wait till the weekend again. I don't know. But it'll play a lot. But we got a lot of good feedback. But people kept asking me, where's your list? Where's your list? Your final list? Where's your list? Where is it? It's up. It's up on Sportsology. What I like to do is I like to go through the combine and get the final weights and measures for that height and weight and everything else. So now they're all in there. Uh, I'll warn everybody, if somebody is 6'1.075, they're 6'2". If somebody is 197 and three quarters pounds, they're 198. That's how I do the list. I do put half inches for height because I think it's important. But when it comes to weight, I don't care if they're a half pound or three quarters of a pound. I, I round it up. So that's it. Take a look at them. Love them. Rip me on them. It's a year's worth of work. I put a lot of work into these. I mean, I literally go to tournaments and see these guys. I watch video. I watch games. If I go to games live. If, if you want to talk to my wife and ask what the DVR looks like during the year, it's full of hockey. And it's full of all kinds of hockey. So that's it. It's what I do. Some people record the blacklist. You record the under 18s. Yeah, and I record that stuff too, but, you know, yeah. Now, okay, um, let's, let's just do the intro. Um, I think Eck will be here in a few minutes um, okay. with, with the latest stuff. So uh, I didn't say, though, go to sportsology.com. Thank you. Yes, and I retweeted it. So if you follow me on Twitter on Mike and Buffalo, you can see the the the, tw the tweet, the link uh, to Sportsology. Uh, Hello, Hockey World. Today is Tuesday, June thirteenth, twenty seventeen. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology, and I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Um, I before we get into the whole uh, waiving of no movement clauses, which I'm sure Akana and and us will talk about. I, I, I'm writing something regarding um, the Maple Leafs, but it can be really um, carried to other NHL teams, and I think it's I think it's pertinent based on what happened just a few days ago with the Penguins winning the Stanley Cup, and we know that. The NHL is a copycat league. It always has been. If you know, if, if a team wins with Braun, you know, like if a team like LA wins with you know big players and a good goaltender, and you know, uh, then people try to copy that. And then then if a team wins with speed, uh, then teams try to win. You know, like Pittsburgh teams try to win with win like that. The precedent may have been set, and I think it, it's really. Uh, a fallacy that you can win a Stanley Cup with a bunch of, I would say, middle-of-the-road median defenders. You know, the yeah. Penguins did it this year without Chris Letang, and we have, you know, Dumoulin, Schultz, Mata, Daly, uh, um, uh, Ron Hainsey, Ian Cole. You know, no number one defenseman. You basically have, a, would say, a group of threes and fours. Yeah, that's fair. But the problem is that if you try to mimic that, say the – Anderson's a good goaltender. I think that uh, uh, Crosby, you know, Crosby and Malkin are probably the two best – two of the five best centers in the league. But you, you know, 
you know, Austin Matthews is a great young player. Nazem Kadri is a good center. But you don't have the, – the, the, the whole situation does not fit the same way in Pittsburgh that it does in Toronto. No, and I think, you know, the Rangers are a team that's really close to what you're talking about as far as mimicking the Penguins. And, you know, you want to match up one Quist and Murray, that's fine. If you want to say Murray's better because he's won the Cup, I don't care. But the point is they have a lot of threes and fours on defense other than McDonough who's a legitimate two. He's probably not a one, but he plays a one because they don't have a one. And so where have the Rangers gone as far as beating the Penguins or even getting close to that? They haven't. Now, they don't match up in the center position, and that's what, what really kills them. Yeah, the Leafs can match up in the center position, but they don't even have the defenders the Rangers do. And we already admitted the Rangers aren't the best defensive core. It's a decent one. Right. You see, I mean, okay. No, I don't think anybody can match up to what the Penguins have up the middle. One, no. two, Crosby, Malkin. No. And, and, and then you have Hornquist and Kessel and Gunsel and all the – you know, the Leafs have a, a good complement of young forwards, not as much experience as the Penguins do. But the Penguins have the, those two guys who are on the ice almost every minute of every key game. And then they have Matt Murray, who is 23 years old, and gee, oh, my God, he's only won two Stanley Cups in his first two years. So – the situation is not the same. That's an NHL can, record, by the way. Yeah, the situation is not the same where you can get away with a median defense like, like the Penguins have and win with Toronto because the other, the, the other sums of the parts are not the same. And I think that carries with, every, with a lot of teams. I mean, with the, with the Rangers, Russ, I mean, they're up, they're, their strength up the middle is nowhere close to the Penguins. I mean, even step on. I mean, I think they would have to they would have to trade for John Tavares and maybe even or, or sign John Tavares. And even then, I don't think they'd be as strong up the middle as the Penguins are. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, and so again, for the for the announcers, analysts, people that want to think that yes, we could just simply mimic the Pittsburgh yeah. Penguins. It's a lot harder than it looks. Right, and and the, the point that I'm making here is that teams are trying to avoid the, the prospect of having to go out and spend money in free agency or sacrifice young assets to get defensemen, and that's like where Toronto is, where teams like Buffalo are, uh, to improve their defense to be able to be a more legitimate contender. And, you know, it, it, I know that there are certain people. Oh, you don't have to. You don't have to go out and trade for Chris Tanev. You don't have to go out and trade for Yarmolson or whoever. Yeah, you do because your defense is not good enough. Yeah, I so. mean it, it, that's plain and simple. I mean, and and you look at it, you say, all right, look, this year if the cap goes flat too, it is going to limit what teams can pick up at free agency. And if that's the case, then there's going to be even more wheeling and dealing with Vegas because if they do sense that the cap will be flat teams are going to have to make maneuvers just to get another new player this year because they're going to be close to the cap and they might not be able to buy somebody out and they might want Vegas to take somebody. And so all of that's going to come into play, all of it. And so to, to I don't even know if the Pittsburgh Penguins can mimic the Pittsburgh Penguins because they're already losing Marc-Andre Fleury, and Marc-Andre Fleury got him here this year. He did. Without Marc-Andre Fleury, they wouldn't have won the Stanley Cup regardless of what Matt Murray did or not. So next year, their dynamic changes anyhow. Well, okay, shifting to the, the story of the last 24 hours, and, you know, it's not fully revealed right now. There are, there are some situations where um, it's unclear whether a team had asked a player to waive the no-movement clause or the, the agent hasn't confirmed or whatever. I mean, 
but one for sure and one that I think could have some negative ramifications is Dion Phaneuf was asked by the Ottawa Senators to waive the no-movement clause, and he apparently has refused. And that puts the Ottawa Senators in a precarious situation because they have Phaneuf with the no-move, they have Carlson, and that means exposing either Mark Mathot or Cody Ceci, two of their valuable top four uh, in the expansion draft. And if all things being equal, if there's no side deal being made, they're going to lose either Mathot or Ceci, whoever they expose. Uh, I can say, Russ, that you know Dion Phaneuf was not a popular figure in Toronto when he was traded. This will make him not a very popular figure in Ottawa if Ottawa has to lose CeCe or Mathot, who are a key component of them getting to the conference final because Dion Phaneuf doesn't want to waive his no move. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the PC answer is it's his right, and it sure. is, and he has that right. But he also could be a better teammate by hoping that, hey, Ottawa's just doing this so they can – save another guy and you're not going to get picked because your salary's too high but he doesn't want to risk it that's his right but he is also going to risk having blowback in that area via the media and potentially teammates i mean that's just the way it is if they all of a sudden if he walks into that room in september and they've lost let's say cc and they haven't been able to make any big deals and players feel that it's weaker players are going to look at him and know that he weakened the team. I mean, that's this is part of the economics of the game now that has sort of crossed into the ice, what, what happens on the ice. And, and it's amazing that, you know, it's hockey hasn't really turned into a bean-counting world, but it's getting there. And that's the scary part is now you've got players with contracts that can literally run your club. Marc-Andre Fleury did not do that. Dion Phaneuf looks like he might be doing it. We don't know for sure yet. He could right. change his mind. He has until Friday, I think. Yeah, I think I believe so. And you see, this this is the situation. I mean, we know that Ottawa has a very good young defenseman in Thomas Shabbat. Yep. He's probably going to make the NHL next 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 season. Real good chance. Yep. Real good chance. He his skill set is more of a top four skill set, but yep. at I think nineteen or twenty years old they may not be anxious to put him into a top four spot right away. So it would be beneficial to them to have him on the bottom pairing and, you know, sort of get used to the NHL and not have a a whole ton of minutes being piled on him. So they want to keep four defensemen. And CeCe's under control. Mathot's under control. They're all under control. Like, they all have years left in their contract. So I would hope that Pierre Dorian was given a heads up by Phaneuf and his agent that they were not going to waive the no move, you know, weeks or months ago. Because if that, if, if this has just sort of been dropped on him at the 11th hour, then Dorian in the next two or three days has to find a landing spot for CC and Mathot. And more than likely, he's not, he's going to get pennies on the dollar and not full value for those guys. Yeah, no doubt. And, and there'll be people lining up, teams lining up for CC. Really good player. He's not going to be a – he's not a dynamic offensive player, but he's a big kid who skates well, who does put up points, who can lay the occasional physical hit. Somebody's going to want him. Yeah. Um, Well, other situation that is a little cloudy right now is uh, with the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Now, okay, right now – 
Kevin Bieksa has not, the reports are that Kevin Bieksa has not been asked to waive his no move. Right. Now, their situation is if they don't ask him to waive the no move, he has to be protected along with more than likely Hampus Lindholm and Cam Fowler, who they're apparently intending to sign to an extension uh, after July the 1st. Um, the problem here is it exposes two defensemen. It exposes Votnin and it exposes Josh Manson. Um, reports, I can't remember whether it was Pierre Lebrun or, or, uh, or Bob McKenzie, but one of them indicated that um, there is a deal in place between Anaheim and Vegas that would provide Vegas something and that would protect uh, one of those defensemen. Now, the, now the thing is, yeah, they'll probably get like Nick Kerdiles or someone good like that. How about Kasha? How about how about Nick Ritchie? I mean, it, uh, I mean Nick Ritchie, no, that's too high. They won't. The thing is, Russ, if you're talking about protecting valuable commodities like your defense, and you're talking about protecting, um, you know, they love Manson apparently. Well, okay, then you're gonna have to pay. Know, but, but they won't get Nick Ritchie. But they might get Kerdiles, who definitely could play for them next year. He's already started to play for Anaheim. And he could be a player they have for ten years. Nick Ritchie, they're not getting. Like they, that would give up any hope they have of winning the Stanley Cup if they lose Ritchie. They're already thin offensively anyhow, and Ritchie did add a lot to the uh, team this year. So no, they're not getting him. Okay, maybe not Nick Ritchie, but you, I mean, you could be caught talking about a top prospect like a Sam Steele or Akasha or some of you know. Yeah, you, that's possible. You're going to have to make it worth Vegas's while to ignore a defenseman who's 25 years old like Manson, who they clearly like. But all that being said, that's not going to stop Bob Murray from trading Votnin because the motivation with Votnin is not just the expansion draft. It's the cap hit. Yeah. It's the fact that they have to clear $5 million in cap space that they're paying the Vatnin right now to be able to pay Fowler. So I'm not sure if that means that the Vatnin deal, if there is one, happens before June 21st or happens after the draft. I got to tell you, easiest job right now in the NHL, being the owner, sitting back. Hardest job in the NHL, being the capologist right now. You're the guy who everybody's talking to. You're the guy who's under all the pressure. This is like a really – think about it. You're the capologist, right? And, and your GM's calling you like probably every 10 minutes if you're not already in his office going through everything every minute trying to figure out all these scenarios. Like these guys are, are really earning their money. And it's – we're coming down to the wire now, but it's weird because it's almost like we've had all year to do it. But coming down to the wire, it just seems like it's getting a little chaotic for teams. Well, yeah, I mean, and Maybe that's the thing. Cap things hitting at the same time. That may be why. Well, yeah, and and I don't know how. I mean, it's tough to really plan for this. I mean, imagine, you know, general managers say like Mark Bergevin or Jason Botterill. They're only worried about their own team. Imagine being Vegas. Imagine being George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon. Yeah. And having to worry about all 20, all 30 other teams tracking the, who's going to be available, who's not going to be available, what deal is going to be made. What I imagine they've made. got a whiteboard or a board, and that's how they're tracking it. Yeah. I mean, but the I don't put a lot of stock into this. They're going to have six goalies. I, 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 I do. I do because they're assets, and they're they could be traded – and they could loan them to other teams if they have too many. 
I, I do. I think I want. If I'm them, I want to control the goalie market, the free agent goalie market. Other yeah, than Mason, I, I would control it then. I see. The thing is, it's not a very strong market, so I don't no, think it, it is. Because let's say the Rangers can't come to a deal for for Ranta. They don't protect Ranta. You don't think teams want anti Ranta? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Teams would be lining up for him. He's the best backup goalie in the league. I don't know if you can name a better one other than Mark Andre Fleury, who's not really a backup. If you take away Fleury and you just talk about a pure backup, mm. Ronda's like your best one. He's got well, tremendous worth. Just and that's one guy. Well, one 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 interesting thing that's popped up is, and I and I will use this pejorative term, even though it, you know, teams are going to be bribing Vegas to take players that they don't particularly want on their roster anymore. Right. And, and as an example, um, there is there are reports that the Columbus Blue Jackets are going to give Vegas their 2017 first-round pick so that Vegas will take the contract of David Clarkson uh, off of their books. Right. Yeah. Now, remember, Clarkson was, was acquired by Columbus in the Nathan Horton deal, and the reason that they made that deal is because Nathan Horton didn't have insurance on his contract. Um Clarkson did. Clarkson potentially could have played for them. He was he was still healthy at that point, but he's had a series of debilitating injuries that have made it unable for him to to play. Uh, same with Horton. With Horton has not never played a game with Toronto. If Clarkson goes to Vegas, he would essentially count towards their cap, towards the cap floor, but they would be getting insurance money to pay them back. So it would basically be a cap filler without costing them anything. And they would get the benefit of a first-round pick to bring in a young prospect, whereas Columbus, they're a budget team, Russ, and I think yeah. because they had such success last year, they're hoping that that $5 million can be a player or two that can get them past Pittsburgh in the first round next year. Yeah, no doubt. Pittsburgh, if you think about it, they've got it the easiest in this expansion draft. They already knew, apparently, back in February what was going to happen, so they're not sweating anything. They've got it the easiest, but there's a lot of other teams that don't. And and right now, like again, the biggest, the next biggest thing that we've been talking about and not talking about is teams not contacting like these big time players to ask them if they'll waive their no move, no trades, right? Like, so the Rangers didn't ask Stahl and Girardi. Still doesn't mean they won't buy him out. But now there's this sort of thing going around where, well, we don't want to ask them. We don't want to upset these guys. Like, you know, listen, these guys are not fragile. They know it's a business. They know when they sign these contracts, things come up. They know that this is a possibility. They knew Vegas was getting the team. Like, I don't know why the media is acting like all of a sudden these guys could be crushed. And, right. you, could, you know, if, if, you, if you ask them. Like, I just think it's a, a ridiculous notion. Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing that popped into my head regarding Bieksa, because they said the agent wasn't talking, the player wasn't talking, the, the you know there was the sort of mums the word in that situation, was not that he didn't waive it, was the fact that he's getting bought out. Because remember, he's thirty six years old. He had a good you know he still can play. He makes four million dollars. Uh, and if he uh, if they buy him out, then they if they trade Vatnin, they. Um, if they trade Vatnin, they can protect Manson, and then right. they have the three the, the, the three defensemen. So it would work out that way. But if they have a see the thing is the the deal if they have a deal with Vegas that protects them from everything. 
So that they, then they then they you know they could take a you know Simone Dupre or a Clayton Stoner as the waiver as the expansion draft guy, and that would that would work for them. Yeah, the I'll tell you the the best day of the year, and that really should be the biggest media day of the year will be the day that the Las Vegas training camp opens, day one of that camp. I want to see who walks in that door. I want to see who's who's actually going to play, who's getting on the ice, who isn't getting on the ice, because I think even some of those guys who have canceled contracts probably have to show up day one, right, just to sort of make an appearance. And so that would be the great thing, because even Chris Pronger had to show up once a year to Philly, right? And so we see him. This is the thing that could be a complete sideshow, is that if, say, say for example, the team that they – draft in the expansion draft and the team that steps on the ice in October are they're completely different. Then what's going to happen on June 21st when they introduce these players at the NHL awards? It's like, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Andre Fleury and then Mark Andre Fleury's traded to Calgary? Right. I mean, okay, so what was this big presentation for? You just introduced a bunch of players who aren't on the team. So how does how does that strike you in terms of uh promoting that team? That's that's something that could happen. Uh, I'll also tell you from the cards and collectibles business, things are going to be in flux because normally they would be like, you know, updates and such, and you'd have to have photography in before the season begins, obviously, to get the first series out. And so they're going to want to have that Vegas photography in kind of early, right? But if Marc-Andre Fleury goes in the expansion draft to Vegas, mm-hmm. he's probably getting a Vegas card. It doesn't mean he'll even play for Vegas. It could be like Eli Manning and, and the Chargers, but if I'm the collectibles company, I'm making that Flurry Vegas card because, and I'll short print it. I don't care because it, it'll be collectible. Now, he again, if he goes to, let's say, Calgary before the season begins, then it'll be that either they'll rush it into that first series or they'll be in that next series of Upper Deck Series 1 hockey, as an example, where they get in that card. But that's going to be – a fun thing too for um, for fans because I want that flurry Vegas card if there is one. Me me personally, I would take it. Another interesting situation is Montreal because I, I um, in doing some research for uh, just on on the expansion draft. If you look at Montreal right now, there's a contract that I think they'd, they'd be dying to get rid of, and that's Thomas Placanitz's deal. Now. Right now, if if they don't trade Gelchenyuk before the expansion draft, they would have to make a decision on either protecting Placanitz, who's got another year at $6 million, or exposing a guy like Charles Houdon, who's 22 years old, who scored over 25 goals two times uh, the last two years uh, with uh, St. John's in the AHL. You know, good young, good young player with some future potential. Who's not whereas- St. John's anymore? No, no, they moved to I think um, Laval. They moved to Laval, yeah, but, but last year, but the last two years it was St. John's. They're upgrading that that arena as we speak. Just so yeah. you know, that's an update. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of changes in the AHL. I think uh, somebody's moving to Belleville, so there's a yeah. Um, the uh, Binghamton's moving to Belleville, so that's Albany. That's Albany's moving moving to Binghamton, so there's a lot of, a lot of musical chairs going on. Yep. But the whole the whole point here is is that Montreal. Because Montreal needs to add offense. I think that the realization is finally there after many years of certain people out there, I don't know who, saying that they need to add offense. They think they finally realize that they, they need to do so. And that $6 million would be 
cap space that they could spend on adding a scoring winger or a scoring forward or two. So they might be in a position where they could would have to, quote, bribe Vegas to uh, take on Placanitz's deal. And it would benefit Vegas because he's only got a year left. They need to get to the cap floor. So, But the question is, how much will that cost? Will it cost a first-round pick? Will it cost a, a, like a former first, like a, like a Michael McCarron or uh, Noah Juleson or somebody like that? I mean, it might I be costly. McCarron, but- it could cost a McCarron, but I would do it because they still haven't found a spot for McCarron. Certainly in Vegas, there'll be a spot, and it does clear up that money. And it is only one year, so that's not a big deal to be stuck with. If I'm Montreal, I'm trying to do that. Now, the other thing that's that's coming with Montreal is the consistent talk is that they're going to move Nathan Beaulieu. And, you know, right now they have – if you look at their defensive depth, I mean, Jeff Petrie got a no-move clause on the new contract that he signed last crazy. That's just it, it, it is crazy, but I think I th- and and I, honestly, the the money that they're paying him five and a half million dollars. He's a he's a good defenseman. He's not he's not worth that. I don't think Dan Petrie ever got a no no move, and he probably won fifteen games in the majors, right? The World Series in nineteen eighty four, but yeah. uh, no, but but they have to protect Weber, obviously. They have to protect uh, Petrie. They have to because of the no move clause. And then it's a question of whether you protect Bouillou or Alexi Emelin. And with all the rumors out there about them shopping Bouillou, that is, that that's, makes the assumption that they're protecting Emelin. So, you know, I, honestly, if I'm a team out there that needs that needs a defenseman, he's 24 or 25 years old. I think he's got a pretty good skill set. I would go after Nathan Bouillou in a second. Yeah, I would too. Just an update on Dan Petrie. He was 19 wins. 15 wins, 19 wins, and 18 <laughs> wins are his highs. But he had like five double-digit win seasons, one, two, three, four, five, six double-digit win seasons in a row. So we're, talking, would, we're talking baseball here, and we're boring at I would give him a no-move before Jeff. That's just me. Okay, Ak, we can't hear you. We can't hear you, Ak. Uh, log, log, yeah, log off and log back on. Okay. So, um, But, but okay. Bullio is going to be a loss. I mean, but look – do I think Montreal has has more defense than they used to? Yes. You hear me now? Yep, we can hear you now. But I still don't know if that's a recoverable move. Like that's okay. If they're doing it, they they're gonna regret it. Go ahead. Hello, um, guys. I'm really sorry today, everyone out there. It's um, I can't remember honestly. I I mean, you guys are talking about rumors right you know since the beginning of the show. I'm sure. Uh, we tried. We tried. We tried not to because. No, you have to. I mean, honestly, there's too. Much, I mean, there's too much we could talk all day. It's just there's too much going on, and it's um, and uh, I just don't have the luxury of the other people out there. Like, um, never understood how the Draggers and the McKenzie of the world could be on television and also talk to people at the same time. I can't do it. I'm not capable of it. So, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being late. I'm gonna jump on and try to jump in as best as I can. Okay. You're doing it. I don't even know if I'm talking. If all I've talked about, I can talk about as much as I can, but I will talk about as much as I possibly can here. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. And uh, so, what have you guys? Have you guys? You guys have obviously touched on. Um, Fanof. Fanof. Bexa. Keith Yandel. No, not Keith. Not Keith Yandel. Yeah. So um, there was a lot of talk that Keith Yandel was going to be asked to make his new clause. I've checked into that. And. The first reaction I got was no, that he's not going to be asked to do it, move that, and that was just a fake rumor or false or fake news, um, but a false rumor, whatever you want to call it. And um, but now there's a little bit of um, debate as to whether or not that happened or not. Um, there's definitely some 
there's so many side deals going on right now. It's insane. I mean, that I've heard that Talbot has talked to the Rangers. Now, I know the Rangers haven't – I mean, not, Tal, not um, Tal, Talon has talked to McPhee. McPhee has talked to the Rangers about a deal together, the three of them. Um, so you have, a, you have New York, Florida, and Vegas talking a deal. I've been working on that one for a while. And that's a pretty big deal, apparently. So even though we look at some of these players who haven't asked, maybe, maybe move their no movement clauses for the sake of what they have to move for now, like to be left unprotected or what have you, what, what has to happen now, or make a trade, that doesn't mean that they aren't going to be moved still. So I don't think you can sit back and say Girardi and Stahl are definitely safe in New York, even though everyone's saying that they haven't been asked to move, move their no movement clause yet. Um, that, I, that I do really believe is, 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 is true, and I think that there can come a point here where you know they can, they can, they can always be traded if they want to, if they want to trade them. You know they can, if if they say they work out a deal. I mean, a lot of players are being very reluctant to do what I believe that Mark Andre Fleury has done, which is accept to go to Vegas and then accept he's going to be with someplace else. There are a lot of players that are being asked to do that. That's 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 the common thing that I'm hearing out there. Well, okay, well, not, that, not that they're going right to Vegas, but that they are going to Vegas, but they're going through Vegas to somewhere. Right, and that is. And players aren't trusting that completely. You know, well, I'll, give, I'll give you a comparable act. I mean, it did happen in baseball uh, with Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza got traded to the Florida Marlins. He was on the Marlins for like a week. He played one game there. Now, these guys won't even play a game, but he was in Florida for a week. And then after that week, he got traded to the New York Mets, and it happened. I think the players have to trust the GMs that this will happen, and yeah. the players are probably listening to their agents saying, well, I bargained this for you, so you don't have to trust them. And that's probably where the, their button is. Well, you're right about that, Russ. You're very astute. And you know what else is going on with that is it's not necessarily a trust issue as um, as a, okay, the agent says, so you go to the agent, you say, I want him to waive his no-trade clause. Let's just throw out a name like uh, Yandel. I want Yandel to waive his no-trade clause, um, even though I haven't heard that he has been asked that yet. But just using him as an example. So Yandel's agent says, okay, um, We'll consider doing that, knowing that Yandel's probably okay doing that. But he's, he's, but what are we getting out of this? You know, you're going to go to this place. You're going to go to that place. Well, um, I need a little bit more than that. I need a little, maybe I need a little, maybe I need an insurance that there's going to be another, you know, something thrown onto my contract, or I'm going to be able to know that I'm going to be able to resign, or, or some. There, you know, everyone wants something for something. No one wants to just give up something for nothing. And what's happening now is there's the one thing of the teams working out deals with McPhee, in in you know. In Vegas, and that's the other thing that the team's working out deals with the agents to work out deals with McPhee. And there's agents who are working directly with McPhee, too. That's also happening <laughs> a lot. Where you're not seeing, you know, where teams aren't involved at all, but agents are, agents are talking to McPhee and going back to the team and saying, you know, he's interested in this guy. We can make, you can probably protect, you can probably save the guy or try to protect a different way. So there's all these different things happening and colliding at the same time. It's really a big cluster, something or another. But, you know, they'll figure it out. But, it is fascinating, and literally, my brain is going to explode soon. So I'm trying my best to. Not to mention the fact that a 11-hour trip from Anaheim, because of an accident on Route 81, took 16 and a half hours, and I got in at five in the morning. So, um, you know, we're throwing all that on top of it. So I'm, <laughs> my head is exploding right now. Well, but so I'm just saying, there's, there's more to this than what is leaking out. Like when you hear Dreyer say. Um, Finus not going to waive his no trade clause. I think I said that right. You said it, did Drager say that or McKenzie or something? Um, yeah, everybody has said it. Basically, but he, but he has to right. 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 That's, that's right. That's the general mood right now, yes. right? Um, for this part, because the the deadline here that's coming up, 
or that has passed even everyone's uh, the deadline is so confusing. Do you guys the know what the deadline, deadline is? The deadline was to was for the teams to ask the player. Right. That was five o'clock yesterday. Right. Right. It was five o'clock yesterday. And that though is such a bizarre deadline because it's not like they can't ask now as well. It's not like it does. They can't ask in terms of what you're trying to do for. Leaving I guess a guy they can't formally ask. They can't send paperwork or whatever you have to do. That that's what they can't do. Well, right. see, the, until this after is, the expansion draft, right? right? So I mean, but it happens. But it, you know, but after the expansion draft, anything's open wide open. Again. This so, is the, this is why there might be some hesitancy up, up from certain players regarding you know this waiving of the no move clause. Uh, a player in the last two years was asked to waive his no trade in a deal by the opposing general manager on the promise that he was going to be allowed to play play fully for the team he was being traded to. He waived the no trade clause. He got traded. He got injured at the end of the year. The next year he went to training camp. He played. He played five games. He got sent to the minors, and he never played for the team again. So, right. I mean – that's and that's the thing. It's like you can you can drop that protection and you can be trusting and maybe it works out for you. But there's nothing to prevent things from going a different direction. And that you know, giving assurances are all fine and good, but that doesn't stop somebody from breaking them. So I you know that's why. I mean, in the situation of Fanuf, I mean, I think if this is if this situation has come up just in the last forty eight hours, where. Pierre Dorian asked Fanuf to waive the no move clause. He's really, and Fanuf has only has made it clear only in the last 48 hours that he was going to say no. He really is putting the screws to the Ottawa Senators because they've got Cody Cece or Mark Mathot that they're going to lose in expand in the expansion draft because Fanuf won't waive the no move. And I would seriously doubt that McPhee is going to take a 32-year-old Dion Fanuf making $7 million for another four years. Right, and McPhee's impossible to move anyway. It was kind of, that was what was kind of strange, but they just didn't want to have to protect him. The idea was that, right. you know, right. that if the, if the, they go to they go to Fanuf and say, okay, you know, we're not going to protect you. Let just give us the ability not to protect you, so we can make your team better because right. no one else is going to take you. I mean, so this, this, that's why they're a little pissed off at Fanuf, you know, um, because I they're saying well, in Fanuf's mind, he thinks he will be taken. That's what you're yeah, thinking. Yeah, because Fanuf, yeah, does Fanuf right. doesn't Fanuf does a you know. He's a big defenseman with a pretty good season, and he's thinking he's a good, solid guy. And he's but, doing... but what if if Fanuf's action stands and he waves the no and he doesn't wave the no move, then a deal to protect players between Ottawa and Vegas just got that much more expensive for Pierre Dorian because now he risks losing CC or Mathot, and say you could have given up a second round pick to protect. Um, you know, whoever you wanted to protect, if Fanuf had waived the no move, now the price has gone up to a first round pick or to somebody now, like Colin White or something like that. Now I really start to believe more of the, of, of, I always thought that Fanuf was the backup plan actually, and that the Bobby Ryan deal was the real plan. And I heard that from very good sources. And um, so now the Bobby Ryan plan becomes even more probable because they could sit there and they could, you know, they could just say, okay, we'll give you a first-round pick, you take Bobby Ryan, mm -hmm. and um, we call it a day. Um, that, I, that I, I really feel, you know, you know Bobby Ryan it was funny. He came, I was, he was talking and said, I heard him say something, no one's going to take my contract or something like that. Right. You know, he's wrong about that. And in this situation, and you know, Bobby I Ryan. I think he's saying that in hopes that that's true. Yeah. Yes, you're right. right. Yeah, because well, I don't know, you know, why wouldn't you, I mean, if, you're, if, you're, if you're the Knights, why don't you take Bobby Ryan? Because he is at least 
he's a, he's a marketable player. He's a you know second overall pick, and he's a he's a serious he's had a seriously good year. And you got to reach the cap floor. I mean, got to reach the cap floor, right? All that's very true. So, well, one one and this was floated yesterday, Ak, and I don't know if you've heard anything about this, but it's been reported that the Blue Jackets are going to potentially trade their first round pick to get Vegas to take David Clarkson's contract off their hands. And if that's the case, that's basically free money for Vegas because Clarkson's contract is covered under insurance. It's a $5.25 million cap hit, but they get the money back in insurance because he's injured. Didn't we see a story, though, Mike, where McPhee said he wasn't going to do any deals like that? Well, I mean, it's very possible that he said that, but I don't know how long ago that was. But honestly, if you're getting a first-round pick – I think he changes your opinion pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah it does. It does. Um, now, now the whole um, couple other things. James Neal being in play um, is another thing that's, that's starting to come up, and that's from people speculating that the Predators are going to keep eight players um, and you know and and go that route because they have more defense and they want to protect. Well, Pete Web- Pete Weber said when we had him on the show a few weeks ago that they were going to protect eight because they right. they would they would risk losing Ellis or Ekholm whoever they if it went seven three and one and honestly if you lose Colin Wilson, I mean no offense to Colin what Wilson, but like, what if you lose James Neal? That's the issue well, right now. So. Well, Jay, I mean James Neal has a year left in his contract, so it's sort of a similar situation with Nashville that Toronto has with James Van Riemsdyk. It's like a guy, a scorer, a, guy, a legitimate scorer, a veteran guy, not too old, who can still put the puck in the net. But, but you got to make a trade because you can't lose him for nothing in the expansion draft. Right. So you, you like turn around and that, that's what's happening, right? So you look at that. And now, now Van Riemsdyk wouldn't be part of an expansion draft, but it, it's that it's that getting something for somebody before his contract is out. And that might be what's going on with Neil. Right, here's this. Here's the quote from McPhee from the Las Vegas Sun. McPhee basically said on May 31st, from my experience at Washington, one of the keys to that team being so successful was not making bad contracts and getting in, locked into long-term deals. Uh, no deal is better than a bad deal. Being able to walk away from those deals during negotiations is important. So I think we all sort of got from that that he may not take a cap-swallowing deal because he wants to keep the cap pretty clear so that he can make the right moves when he wants to make them. Yeah, I mean, granted, but the, yeah, I mean, but I mean, go ahead. Go ahead, sir. No, I mean, I think that, I mean, one I take out of that is the first thing you said in the first sentence that was said on May with May thirty first, which is in GM terms is like three years ago, <laughs> um, because of all the things that are happening right now with McPhee and all the things he's facing right now. Um, that that doesn't. I mean, I think McPhee is going is is doing financially by saying something like that. He makes it harder for. A play, for for a team, he's he's trying to make it so it's not that easy. Like he'll take okay. Clarkson, but he's got to be it's got to be significant. So he's not just going to take him. It's not just going to be something he's going to do for the hell of it. That makes yeah. sense. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. So he's going to make that. He's going to make it sound like it's not something he needs to do. Now, I have I did just get something that a text that you know that when we talk about Bexa and I talked about Bexa before that they were not going to ask him to waive his no trade clause. I've been saying that the whole time because they they went out of their way. Would be actually to tell them that they wouldn't do that before, and if they did that, that would really be, um, it would really just go against, you know, it would it would really hurt them as far as the league players because everyone knows that BX is like, I'm moving my family someplace, or I want to be stable, and I'm going there, and I'm only going to come to you if you promise not to do this to me. So this is something that we've made very very clear. Um, 
However, I do hear that there's already a deal in place between Anaheim and Vegas to, that they're not, they're, they're, so there's not gonna, that's not gonna require them to have to SBX as the way it was no trade clause, so, or no movement clause. So whatever that is, I don't know exactly what that is, but Anaheim has, is, Anaheim's giving Vegas, giving Vegas something to not take somebody that they're leaving unprotected, essentially is what's happening. So there's gonna be a major player left unprotected that Vegas won't take because Anaheim gives them something else. That's that's how that's okay, how that's you know you know what that tells me? That tells me Anaheim is protecting eight and that they're exposing Silverberg. That's what it tells me. Could be. Because yeah. then if they because if they yeah. prote if they protect if they go seven, three, and one, they're protecting Silverberg, but they're not protecting one of their defensemen. And it puts them they give it puts them in a situation where they're gonna have to trade somebody and under the gun trade somebody. If they protect eight skaters and they and they don't ask Bieksa to wave. That means they're protecting Bieksa, Manson, L uh, Lindholm, and Fowler, and trading Botnin, which they're going to do anyway because they need to clear the cap space to sign uh, to sign uh, Fowler anyway. So I, I think they're, they're 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 making a deal here to protect Silverberg, and they're going to protect eight skaters. Here's the funny thing: we're talking about teams losing one player, and we're talking about. Thousands of other things that yeah. go around it. It's crazy. Yeah, it is insane, Russ. And it's like, and there never before have people been more willing to talk to me. Like <laughs> never before have I had a situation where, like, you know, like I, I get GMs and and agents like that. Everyone wanting to talk to me because everyone's trying to find out every possible thing that's going right. on. And never before have I had more people telling me, um, "I'm going to tell you this off the record," and me hanging up before they continue, which right. has happened. It's happened at least a dozen times now, and they know this. I'm like, listen, I'm not taking anything off the record right now because if I can find it out otherwise, and you tell me it off the record, then I'm screwed. Right. So I'm not going to do that. I'm not. You don't tell me anything off the record, and they know that. So I was, you know, so I said, and if you're going to tell me something off the record, just hang on the phone and say, I, you know, we're all hang up on you, which has happened. It's, and they they laugh at me. I get text back like saying, ha ha ha, yeah. if I hang up on them. But it's like it's the way I have to do things. No, everyone everyone wants to talk to me right now. And because everyone is trying so hard to figure out what the hell is happening here. And, um, I mean, I even talked to a, a really seasoned writer in the um, right before game six in Nashville. And this is a guy who always has more information than I have, you know. And, you know, he's a, he's a guy who's been around forever. He's a Canadian. And he, he comes up to me and says, you have any idea what's going on? <laughs> and it was just one of these moments of like, no, I mean, I said, I, I mean, a yes and no, right? I mean, we, I know what's being said, um, but do I know what's going on? No, you know, it's it's just it's that it's that crazy. It's making for it's making for a lot of fun, you know. It's a lot of fun, and it's if you can, you either gonna go crazy out of you know insanity and lose your mind, or you're just gonna have to have fun with it. You know, I'm just it's like it's like it's like going on a roller coaster ride. You know, literally, how if you if you're tense on a roller coaster ride, you'll make yourself sick, but if you just let yourself go, you'll be fine. Well, right. that's what. You're <laughs> the, 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 the team, the team that we've heard little or nothing out of in the last twenty-four hours, and the one that I, is sort of like next to Anaheim, the one I think is in the most danger of losing somebody really good is Minnesota. And I know that there was a, yeah. there was a, uh, there was something out there this morning about them supposedly asking Jason Pominville to waive his no move, and that, you know there was no information out there about whether he said yes or no or what whether it was even done, but. They're gonna they're gonna lose it. They're gonna lose either Brodine or Dumba or one of their defensemen unless they move one of them. So I mean that that's that's a situation that intrigues me. 
Yeah, I think Rodine is really in danger. They have been trying, I've heard, to make a side deal to protect Rodine, but I've had no luck so far. Um, and this is the other thing, how many side deals can McPhee make? You know, like, think about it. Like, he can make... He can make as many as he wants. Right. He can make as many as he wants, but side deals require certain kinds of currency to make them. You know, like, they're, like, you know, certain kinds of draft picks or this kind of thing. Like, there's only so many, much of that to go around, and McPhee needs players, right? So he needs to... You know, well, has that's, to be, that's where the tag of future considerations comes in, because that gives them yeah. all a little more time to figure out what it's going to be. But yeah, but that's the, the tag of future considerations. Usually, it means like you know, it's either usually an either or in most situations, and they still have to figure that out. You know, so it's like, yeah, you can't just go in and you know, no one's going to say you know, I'm going to give you my car and you'll figure out what you pay for me. No, but it's just the idea that it's X, Y, or Z, then yeah. we will accept you saying future considerations right. on that day. Yeah, but will the league? Will, will, they have to figure them out. The will the league accept future considerations? Because there's no. Yeah, they're going to have to. Well, I mean, no, but when they, they well, no, they actually they they do ask for what those future considerations right. are, and and they because they because they have this whole thing if it's not a hockey deal, quote unquote, and that's the biggest okay. issue right now. I, I feel like that has gone out the window right now yeah. because, uh, you know, that used to be when I first started doing this, like in seriousness, like twelve years ago, um, there were deals that did not happen. Um, one being La, Le Cavier to Montreal um, because it wasn't a quote unquote hockey deal. Well, what's a hockey deal? Would that be like trading Michael Jello for Dan Petru on this show? Is that like a considered like a hockey deal? Is that that's a, that's a high, that's highway robbery? That's what that is. Aaron Petru is like an all star. Um, so yeah, so trading an all star with a big contract for Mike who doesn't have any contract at all. Um, you're talking about that. I'm signing off. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, a hockey deal, Mike. We love you. Come back. Hockey deal is um. Is technically something that makes sense on on the ice, like that you can no. justify. Like Bobby Ryan and a first round draft pick for a future fourth round draft pick is not a hockey deal. No, like, but what, what what people don't realize is that the NHL has become the NBA. It's become well, trading. We knew that, that was happening. We knew that was happening, right. Right. and that's because of salary, salary caps forced that. Right. You know, so. And that they, that's why when I first so, started doing this. Do they have a computer like similar to the NHL 17 GM mode right. <laughs> pumping this deal and see if it yeah, – I want to know that because I honestly think it's Colin Campbell like in his room like all grumpy. And he's like, that's <laughs> oh, not a hard deal. Oh, forget it. <laughs> Give me a cigar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. That doesn't make any hockey sense. <laughs> that's my theory on it. It's I don't like know. Caesar, so it's like hockey deal, no hockey deal. Yeah, it's Colin Campbell and like Chris Pronger, okay. you know, like sitting there across the table from each other. Say, does that make any sense from a hockey perspective? <laughs> nope. So you know, but you couldn't make deals. Like it affected things. Now that is, I don't, I don't I have not heard the term hockey deal in like three years. Right. And and I brought it up to like somebody today at the NHL because I said these rumors I'm hearing are not hockey deals. Like there's no way. These are hockey deals. Well, no, like, well, the, um, the last – okay, you want to know the last time we heard the term hockey deal? Was la around this time last year when it was Shea Weber for P.K. Subban or when it was Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. No, no, that, no, no I mean, those were just – those were hockey deals. Yeah. But the, the, last, the last time we heard hockey deal really significantly was um, was probably Le Cavier in Montreal because that was a, that was a really one-sided trade. Um, it, hockey, the, hockey deal comes up when the NHL thinks it's a one-sided trade. Like if, if they say that team is getting all these assets and this team is getting nothing, but now because of the salary cap, you take that other ambiguous asset. Like a hockey deal used to mean equal amount of possible talent. 
not just not just like okay cap space, which equates to future talent. And so that, I think that's how they're justifying not using the term hockey guild anymore. They're saying okay, well, moving Bobby Ryan is going to give you somebody down the line for the amount of money that you pay Bobby Ryan. So you can make that as a hockey deal, but the, it's not really a hockey deal. If, if that's the definition, then the Dion Phaneuf deal that Toronto and Ottawa made is a hockey right. deal because all Toronto did was – Toronto took on $9 million in cap space for the following year just to dump Dion Phaneuf's contract for seven, seven years yeah. times five years. That's a perfect example. And I remember when that deal happened, thinking that, thinking like, okay, well, this is definitely – the hockey, concept of hockey deal is dead. Like there's no way there's, – there's, there's no way you're getting equal players here. Yeah, no. Necessarily, but you're getting you're getting relief cap wise, right? Yeah. So that's like well, the, the, and that that matters in the salary cap era. So okay, so let's throw cap hockey deal out the window. But at the same time, what happens when you don't have hockey deals? You do end up like you said with the NBA because you do end up with you know just contracts being traded and not necessarily and teams and, and you really you really of, of of certain teams just the rich getting richer sort of. Um, you really risk that, and I think that 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 you know could could come to fruition through this time around. I mean, now, a lot of people are bringing up the fact that you know Nashville here's a team that you know completely um, you know didn't have didn't spend a lot of money. They weren't at the you know they, and they managed to win without without you know spending a lot of money. That doesn't happen very often, we know. So it's 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 still it's rare that you see a team that doesn't that's in the bottom. I mean, I don't know where the Predators were this year. I guess they were probably in the middle, probably because yeah. they did. Japan definitely affected them. Contract-wise, but sure. yeah, it was, only, but, it know, was only a million more than than what Weber was making, so not really. Yeah, right. But it used to be. Remember, the Predators were like just above the floors in cap space, right? So, um, yeah. So there's a lot of that now. You know, and it's funny we bring this up now because I was talking talking to somebody about this at the at Game Six, and when I was going back and reviewing the ten years ago when I went to Nashville thing. Um, I looked at that article, and in that article, I talked about the fact that at that time, do you know, here's something that's funny that you'll never probably put in perspective together. When I was in Nashville 10 years ago, Vanek had just been tendered an offer sheet. That was the same period of time. So, like, because there's a story there's a story right before that of Vanek being tendered this offer sheet by Edmonton, a Ray from Buffalo, right? And then and then, then, then it took until before until I got back to decide whether or not they were going to match it. Right? So there was, a, there was, that was, I never would put those concepts together at the same time. Well, but they were. I'll tell you something even bigger than that, Eck. When I was in Nashville 14 years ago, a waitress at the Waffle House told us country, country crock was butter. There you go. Country crock is not butter. We asked for butter. She gave us country crock. I, think I can't believe it's yesterday. not butter. Yesterday, driving back in Virginia, I stopped at a place called the Huddle House. Okay, now the Huddle oh, House. Oh, the Huddle House. I've seen the Huddle House. Huddle House is a step down from the Waffle House, it which is. is a step down it from is. Denny's, which is really getting low. <laughs> when the Waffle House gets condemned, the Huddle House moves in and buys it. Yeah, the Huddle House is totally, I mean, they're a little bit cleaner than Waffle Houses, maybe, but they're does newer. That, does, that, does that mean that they, they make Eggo Waffles? Yeah, right. The huddle, yeah, what is Huddle? You know, uh, it's funny. Know. So anyway, that was as a size. So they come and go um, gas stations in the South, which I always hated. Um, but that's another story for another day. Um, where were we? Yeah, so <laughs> so where we are now, um, I I keep hearing these Mark Andre Fleury to Philadelphia rumors, and I have to tell you that I think there's something to them. I really do. I think that I think that this is because where if, if if this is happening, if Pittsburgh is moving him out there, and, and and Vegas is moving him back to the East. Where in the East would he be, they be moving him? I mean, really, where in the East besides Philadelphia would make any sense? Buffalo. <sighs> Buffalo. 
Buffalo. Okay. Buffalo likes everything Pittsburgh. Yep, that's true. A good point. Um, Buffalo Maybe. is at a crossroads with Robin mm-hmm. Leonard. He's on his an RFA. Uh, you know, they. I think you know they're, they're probably going to need at least a couple years of solid goaltending before uh, the kid that they just signed, Johansson, their third round pick from a couple years ago, may be ready to play the NHL. So that's a possibility that I could throw okay. out there. Not bad, not bad, not bad. I haven't heard that, but I'll look into it as a possibility. I mean, but I, I've heard the Philadelphia possibility for sure. Um, I have. Heard- I think Philly at this point, to be honest, with with just the negotiations for Jordan Wheel taking this long, which is extraordinary to me. Which is uh, extraordinary, yes. You're right. Um, I just think they're sitting with Neuvirth. I don't think they're getting a goalie. I think that's it. I think Neuvirth is their goalie, and then it's a matter of a, if they lose Stellaris, then they have to go and get a backup. I think everybody well, is, is overplaying that. I mean, honestly, if Fleury, if Fleury does not end up in Calgary – I don't know where he ends up because they, they really have nothing. You know, the, John Gillies is not ready. They're not going to re-sign Elliott. They're not going to re-sign Chad. Ch- Ch- they like they like um, they like they like Steve Mason in Calgary. I know and, that. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to go with Mason, that that's a that's a good plan B because I think he could handle it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that's who they like Elliott. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and you know that that's an, that, I don't think the Flyers. The Flyers at one point were looking at Elliott. I don't think they are anymore. So maybe either they, either you're right, Russ, or I'm right. Like either they are just decided that they're not going to go for anybody else and just going to go to Neuberth, or they are going to go for it and go for Flurry. I don't think there's a middle ground. I think that no, they I don't are. I think one there's right a middle ground either. I'll agree with you on that. Would uh, would would either one of you think that uh, the New York Islanders are a possibility? Thomas Grice and Halak. I don't think so because they gave Bryce a long-term deal. Yeah. And 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 Halak, they still have to pay too. They're probably going to try and lose Halak's contract. To Doug Waite really likes Grice. Um, yeah, he really thinks, and I and there's good reason to like Grice. I mean, he is yeah. the most moments. But the Doug Wait, you know, I think he's like, he's his guy right now. Yeah, I think I think that that's fair. I don't think that there's going to be a change there. Uh, all right, here's one. As much as we like Craig Anderson, if they could get Mark Andre Fleury, if they felt like that's maybe. The next step to becoming a Stanley Cup team, would they hesitate in doing that? I'd have to think Ottawa would have to consider it. Because Anderson's what, 36 years old? Yeah. Fleury's a few years younger. They really don't have a future goaltender in the organization right now. I mean, Andrew Hammond was a one year flash. I mean, they could re sign Condon, and Condon's relatively young, but I mean, and he filled inadequately, but I don't think he's a number one. He's definitely a number two. I mean, he's, he's, a really good number two. Two. he's a really good number two, and you know, there's yeah. nothing wrong with him as your number two. But um, yeah, I, that's not a bad idea, although I think that... I mean, it's a big upgrade. As much as Craig Anderson had the year of his life, there is going to be another year where we look at Craig Anderson and say, he's back to yeah. being that guy again, too. Not perhaps. I mean, I think uh, right now, I just think that they he was had such a good year that it's going to be a hard thing for them to sell. If they got Mark Andre Fleury, I think they could forget about it because I think, I mean, again, he, he did just win a Stanley Cup. He did literally get his team there. I don't think anybody in the world would be sad because they got Fleury instead of Craig Anderson. Yeah, and you know who likes Craig Anderson too, and I know this from talking to him before. Is Hextall? That could be that could open up the ideas there. Yeah, that could open up something for them if that were to happen. But I mean, I'm just I, I'm just looking at it long term and thinking. That's the only way Ottawa really gets into a Stanley Cup run like better than last year. Otherwise, I don't see how they're going to reproduce last year. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, the, the, it's it's really hard. I mean, he's got to come up incredible again, and they've got to get everything work to work right for them. I mean, it was interesting. I did hear that Carlson, and I was really proud of somebody for doing this, got a Conn Smythe vote. Yes. Which really, that's something, and we talked about it before, because I said I thought that, I really thought that there was one point at which, you know, after game six, I'm like, that guy deserves a consummate consideration, even if they don't win this game seven. I mean, I think he deserves it because if it wasn't for him, they would have finished in 30th. Yeah. 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 I mean, what, yeah. I mean, that's where you had them. So, um, <laughs> no, that's for sure. Um, I think in my head, anywhere else that would be an upgrade. I mean, clearly Colorado, but I don't know what they do with Varlamov's contract. So that's, I don't know if McPhee would take Varlamov at the money he's making. So that's, you know, that's that's something where I could see it happening because McPhee likes Verlomov, but I think something else would have to drop for that to happen. But Colorado would seem like another place. Yeah. Now, um, Tobias Engstrom, he's another he's, he's another guy who um, I've heard mentioned. Yeah, he, he's at the end of the rope. I don't know. At this point. Yeah, they're really being cagey about whether or not they asked him to waive his no movement clause or not. Like, what's to be yeah. cagey? He's, he's 32. He's not played a full season in four years. He, he's down to 14 points a year, 16 points a year. Yes, can he move the puck? Sure, but he's a small defenseman that gets banged up. Like, I'm not even sure he has much market value anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I was just texting. For a team like Vegas, he could be their number one defenseman, yes. Right. Well, I was just texting this, okay? This is really interesting. Um. Because I was saying, okay, they're going to when I when I said because we have people out there listening to the show, it's really funny. So I said that um, somebody I just got the phone with. I'm like, I got to go to a podcast and now. They're texting me because they're watching. The um, all right. So he said, don't think for a second that they're not that um that uh that McPhee is going to make a deal to let the senators hold on to Mathot or CC. <laughs> he's like, he's like, we sit there and we're saying, okay, now the senators are going to make a deal so they don't take Mathot or CC. That's well, not going to happen. Well, unless unless they give up something that 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 Vegas can't refuse, is you know, right. couldn't refuse. Like, his point is, you know, and I, and I said, what? He, uh, let me text back something. I want to say, I want to see what he says. Well, so okay. Well, while while means, you're looking, I, I think I think what he means is, listen, there's nothing that you can give me from Vegas that's as good as the well, Thomas Shabbat would make him forget that, but they wouldn't give him that. Right. Right. But, but what 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 he's actually saying, and this is what this is what you have to think about when you're thinking about anything regarding Vegas. If it's a player like Mathot or CeCe who are good right now, the value isn't for them in Vegas. The value is to pick them and flip them and get assets. Because I'm sorry, this team is going to suck this year. It is an expansion. Oh, I don't know about that with Mathot or CeCe. It's still going to suck. It doesn't matter. Yeah, well, they, 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 they might. Okay. They flip Flurry um, because there's your, you know, he's like a Stanley Cup caliber winning goalie and you don't need a Stanley Cup caliber winning goalie right now and they, you can get more for it. They might um, they might keep CC because CC is young. Yeah. They would flip yeah, the, that's the thought. They would flip Mathot. Yeah. Yeah. Because Mathot's yeah, only, only got a year left in his contract and you 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 can't risk keeping him and then saying, well we want to resign him. You flip him now or you flip him at the deadline, but you flip him. Right. All right, so I'm gonna give you one where if they had to do it, would basically would um, would a team accept Jonathan Dolan and say, all right, you know what? Yeah, we'll take him and we'll leave those guys alone. And that's a really good prospect, really yeah. good. Well, no, 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 it couldn't be Jonathan Dolan because they traded him. 
Oh, that's right. They did trade him. So then, yeah. um, it's not going to be. Col- it's not. It's not going to be Colin White. It's not going to be Shabbat. Well, then it could be Logan Brown. Yeah, Logan. It could be Logan Brown. Yeah, somebody like that. And that's a you know that's a top fifteen first round pick from a couple years ago. So that's not. Colin was traded too, but uh, it looks yeah, like he was, uh, Vancouver, he was traded to Vancouver in the Burroughs deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they don't even have that updated on um, Hockey TV. Let's talk about like the. Um, before we get out of here, because a lot of people are talking about this, and I want to, I'm going to put this up as a blog later too, because I think it's interesting. The um, what's the right thing to do when you're asked to waive a no movement clause? Like this is something that people really have a lot. Like people have a lot of um, opinions on this. You know, there's and players even players have a lot of opinions. There's players who will tell you, I negotiated the no movement clause. I don't know. I don't know that they gave it to me. That's part of why I signed here. We did I talk about this earlier. We did. Uh, let's hear your opinion because we already kind of gave. Okay, our- cool. So um. Because I didn't hear your opinion, so yeah. I'll, very I'll, tell, I'll tell you what it is after, though. I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. please do. Um, so, okay, my opinion is that it's 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 a personal thing with the family and the player. Like, I, I think what I would do if I was in that situation. So, say I'm the person, and like Hockey Buzz comes to me, and they say we want to you to waive your no trade trade no moving clause to go, um, you know, to go be Puck Daddy's boss, which has happened a couple times. So, <laughs> that's what I'm so, all right. Um, so I sit back and I go to my family. I'm like, yeah, bossing around Greg would be a lot of fun. It would be very rewarding. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, I love Hockey Buzz. It's my baby. I created it from the beginning. Um, yeah, so, and we love living here. And I don't want to, you know, where, I don't know where Yahoo, where Yahoo lives. Where, where I think they're on Venus, last I heard. So I, I think want that, the rink to be thrown in if it were, I was the GM. But anyhow. Yeah, now the rink's, uh, the rink's like a non-starter. Um, so I would sit back and I would say, I would have to talk to my family because I think that, on the one hand, now if I'm now if I'm a single guy and I don't have a family at all, okay, and someone asks me to waive my no team clause, I'm like, fine, I go because if I'm a single guy, I am and I, and I, like the, knowing the hockey mentality of a lot of guys, they're like, if you don't want me here, I'm not going to be here. That's that's because the, they have that feeling of like, you know what, I'm I I don't want to be here if you don't want me here. That's what Hartnell did when Philly when Philly asked him. Yeah. And you know, to go to Columbus, he did not want to go to Columbus at all. He wanted to stay in Philly. He had such a good life here, but he's like, listen, they don't want me here. I'm out of here. So now, but if you're, but if you have a family involved, you have kids involved that are in schools and stuff like that, I get it. And that's like the, the exit situation. I get it because he, he really, you know, he negotiated that. I'll tell so, you, I, I talked both sides of it at the beginning of the show, but ultimately I would give the same answer you gave. And, and that is, yes, I, I have to go to my family first and see what's going on. My kids may not want to be out of school. My right. dog may not want to leave his friends. And at the end of the day, if that's the case, then I'm going to have to look like the bad guy and and use my you know my right and say no no thank you I, I have no interest in that and then deal with the consequences later if I'm like getting the froze, you know the cold shoulder in a locker room and from the media. Well, and actually, I think you know where where I'll go with this because back in 2008. Yes, I remember. Yes, <laughs> uh, the fact the fact that a certain Maple Leafs captain had been paid over 60 million dollars over I think a decade. From, from from the Maple Leafs, uh, and they hadn't won a Stanley Cup, and they at that point wanted to move him for for young assets, Matt Sundin, and he said no. I mean, honestly, they paid you all this money, you didn't deliver, you didn't have a family, you could have lived out of a suitcase for two months, and and the organization would have benefited from it, and you yeah. could have come right back to Toronto if you really wanted to. 
yeah. but instead you invoke your no movement clause. A lot of Lee fans lost a lot of respect for Matt Sundin because they thought he was selfish, and I, I sort of echoed that. And you know, now if the, there are family concerns and things of that nature, and you know, then I under, completely understand that. But in that realm, in that instance, that was not a part of the part of the thing. So yeah. I that, that always that always colors my opinion of no movement and no trade yeah. clauses. Yeah. And I, and I remember very well talking about that and arguing with you at the time about it because oh, no. a lot because you know my opinion was Matt Sundin you know he he negotiated he signed back in back in Toronto and the reason he signed back in Toronto was had a large part to do with the fact that they offered him that no movement clause. Otherwise, my answer always is the GM is the one who negotiated that deal. He didn't have to give that deal. And right. the, yeah, and the GM who negotiated that was gone. Right. That happens. That normally happens. Yeah. yeah, because quite often, you know, big contracts like that, how many GMs make it six to eight years, you know? Right. It happens a lot of times that that happens. So, yeah, that's not uncommon. I, I do think that, you know, as a person, now the another person, you know, I know I've had this discussion before and someone brought it to me, listen, you know, a friend of mine who's who lives here who's had to move five times, you know, in the last 10 years because of his job and has had to take his kids all over the place and stuff like that, and it sucks, but they deal with it because it's his job and that's what he's got to do to make a living and keep things going. Um, you know, you could argue that, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a family person, I'm looking at it, going to a situation that where I'm going to be better, I mean, it's going to be better suited for my game, which is going to make me a better player, which is going to make me be able to sign bigger contracts, going to help our family out in the long run too. Maybe that's the, you know, that's the other argument you make there for your, you know, I, people were not going to be the first, you know, obviously you don't want to move your children around and stuff like that. I had a, I had a dad who like refused, refused, um, several promotions in the air force. So we didn't have to move around very much, um, because he thought that was more important. So I can appreciate the fact that I didn't have to move around as a kid, and yet I was an Air Force kid, you know, which is rare. So, yeah, I think that it's a uh, yeah, I, I think that I think it's a tough call, but I, I see both sides of it. But I also see that my gut, my gut would be taking family out of it would be like, if you don't want me here, I'm not here. I'm out of here. That that would be my gut, taking everything out of it. I think you and just last thing, I think you were, you guys were talking about to Tobias Enstrom before. Yeah. Um, if he now apparently he was not asked to waive the no move clause, they're in a situation where they have four defensemen to protect, and they have too many young for too many forwards that they have to protect. So more than likely they're going to go seven three and one. To me, that increases the possibility, probably not of a Truba deal because you know we we've been over that material over that uh, terrain too many times. But there was talk last month about maybe Tyler Myers being moved. He, that could be a plan B for a team out there who's looking to get a Tanev or looking to get a Votnin or whoever is out, out there in terms of defensemen. Tyler Myers missed all last year with hip problems, supposedly will be ready to play next year. He's got two years left making a little over $5 million. And if he's back healthy, he's a good defenseman. So that might be something, some direction that other teams that are looking for defensemen may go. All right. All right. I got a great scoop for you. And I'm, it just came up, came up, came up in via text here. Um, I got to look into it more, of course, but huh, it's going to be interesting. Um, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm trying to see if I can say this. and I can. I will. I just will. Yeah. Um, texting somebody. Um, yeah. Okay. Here's here's the deal. I'll throw throw it this way. While I'm waiting to see if I can actually say this or not, I'll put some hints out there. This is a really good player we've talked about a lot. Who's going to get traded this year? Who who and we've never really mentioned the fact that he might get traded to the Penguins. The Penguins. All right. So it's, it's um and uh okay and I can say it. Matt Duchesne. There you go. Interesting. Okay. Matt Duchesne to the Penguins is a big rumor right now, 
and it's from whenever I get a text from like three people in the in within like a couple minutes of each other. So I think that you know when you think about what they've done with Flurry and opened up, they've opened up some space, right? You would think that that's for getting Benino in, I thought, or getting something else, or getting a series of like we have so many players we talked about yesterday that they have to sign. No, maybe they are looking at something like this, and maybe they're willing to trade somebody. I don't know, one of their defensemen, Olimata, somebody else like you know involved in this deal. Yeah, I mean. Mata's on a new deal, so I mean, Duchesne makes six million dollars. That would, you know, that would lighten the cap hit, obviously. But yeah, yeah I mean, we'll there's more to it, obviously. But it's just something that I got to look into, and uh, I think there's a lot going to be a lot more like this coming up. So keep your ears, keep your ears peeled. All right, all right. Um, thank you, Mike. Thanks for asking you to jump up, but thank you so much, guys, for there's more checks coming in as we speak. Uh, thank you, guys, so much for. Um, the patience that there will be probably other podcasts, you know, like this where I have to jump or I have to jump in or jump off. But, um, like I said, it's the only, uh, there's only one of me. So fortunately I can rest and talk and talk and talk. You guys are good at that. So, and fill in space. Remember that the buzz is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow.